0: It's a white man's world, the white man rules out there in society. In here, I can bring the white man to his knees. It was the game. Fucked up, I know, that's how my head worked. <laughs> so, but it was it was a turn on. Because out there in in the everyday life, you know, I was in the car business, and that's a man's business. And every day, oh, you would fag at this and fag at that. And it was my way at getting back at society for treating me less than for being gay. I can say that today because I can see it clearly. I knew it on a subconscious level, and it all operated. Though. I mean, it was took years of therapy to understand all this, years of <laughs> therapy to, to really, like, who are you? You know, because I, I really didn't have any role model at home. My my mom slept around. My dad was crazy, and I used to go live with women who had kids so I could take care of their kids if their husband was in prison or in jail. And they would bring tricks home, and that, those were my roles. So I, I learned to be a whore from a very young age. That that was my. That's who who I learned to be, and it's probably why I ended up where I ended up. I couldn't understand how somebody couldn't go to the park. I just did not understand that. I would run into people that I knew and I said, I knew it. I knew it, you fake bitch. (laughs) I knew you'd be down here sucking dick, you know, (laughs) putting on all these, all this pretentiousness out there and just please, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't have anything to do with them. I moved here a long time ago and uh, in 1972 from a a real small town. And uh, the first time I drove up into Balboa Park, it scared me. So I turned around and drove away right away. But I I wanted to do that because I was uh, away from home. I didn't know anybody here. And I was going to live my life, whatever that meant. Fast forward a while, I was, I don't even know how I convinced all these guys to go with me. I said, let's go cruising Balboa Park one night. So we went down into the Fruit Loop. This was back in the early 70s. So it was a lot different, okay? I wasn't 21 yet, so I couldn't go to a bar. And I think I had about eight of my friends follow me, and we just went down in, into the bushes. And um, we were just chatting like a bunch of little schoolgirls and laughing and giggling. And I I came up, I turned a on this path, or something, and right smack there in the middle of the path stood this giant of a man, and he looked like death. Okay, he looked, he was he had this black long coat on, and a black hat, and this mask over his eyes, and he scared the hell out of me. And I screamed like a little girl, and I, I mean, I screamed loud, so loud that I scared everybody else. Well, they all came r- running out of the, uh, out of the bushes in all directions. And before I knew it, the cops were everywhere. I don't don't know why they were there in the beginning, but I mean, there were cop cars everywhere. And I thought, oh my God, I had just gotten a promotion at a job. And the last thing I needed to do was to be arrested. And, And I remember falling and I sprang my ankle. So I had to crawl along the ground because the police were everywhere, and I just had to crawl until I could, I felt like a spider or something, until I could get up and and limp my way back to my car. And I don't know what happened to everybody else. That was the most horrifying experience I ever had there. And so it would be quite a while before I would go back there. And later on, um, it became a, uh, a thing that we talked about going down to the park to cruise. And I had a lover then, and I was really happily married. And uh, once in a while, I just want some stray meat, and I'd go down there and see if I could <laughs> get a blowjob or something. And uh, but I was really kind of like uh, still really naive, and 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 just feeling that pull to stay loyal, stay loyal, stay loyal. Although he was a big whore, he was ten years older than me, you <laughs> know. And so by that time, I think I was about 22 years old. We had this dream to open up this restaurant. And uh, anyway, we worked on that for a couple of years, couldn't put that together, but we spent a lot of money and we we didn't make it. So he used to do massages. So we were out of money. So I told him that, you know, since you're going to play around so much, I might as well make money on you. You could put a massage ad in the paper in the Union Tribune and... uh, M for M, massage, cost me 20 bucks. He'd turn tricks in our bedroom. We made enough money till we could uh, go rent a place and we opened up a massage parlor. And we kept it real discreet. But I said, okay, now we need people. So I said, well, what I want you to go down to do, I want you to go to the, the Fruit Loop and round up some young meat and bring them back to the parlor and let me look at them and... So they'd bring them back, have them take off their clothes. And if they looked right enough in all the areas, you know, and they were clean, would shower and put some drugs in their mouth and throw them in a the room. And say, so this is how much I have to make. And whatever you make beyond that is up to you. But when you come out of that room, this is how much you have to give me. You know, that went on for about three years. And they would burn through and burn through and, you know, because they couldn't do it forever. So I made a lot of money off of those, off of the Park Boys. And, um, then, you know, I, I would, I would make it a point to go there for quick anonymous sex. Cause I knew that I could do that. I could have a lot of fun and, and, you know, the stars were there, the moon was there. So that was always a perfect, serene, so surreal setting. And I loved doing it under the stars with poppers And that was just like, there was something that was just like, oh, I'm connecting with nature. It was just natural to go there. And, um... To, f- to fulfill these fantasies. And there was, you know, we'd do all step on people, spit on them, um, just do about everything that you wanted to do. And that, you know, whatever your fantasy was, we would, we could play it in the park. And uh, I got real good at it, you know, and I got real good at pleasing other men at it. And um, after all, I'd been a madam <laughs> you know, for a while, so I, I kind of knew. And, um, <laughs> God, this is weird. I'm telling you all these stories. I haven't told anybody ever. Uh, so, um, I don't know, later on and then uh, I got married and got divorced and, you know, when I was married, I didn't go anywhere near the parking. But after I got divorced, man, that's the first place I went back to, you know. I went there because that's what intimacy was to me. That's what sex was to me. That's what Uh, feeling love was to me because I, I just, like I said, I had no role models and this gay life was just, it was completely different. That was really wild. You know, I was upset when they cleared the brush in the park. I said, oh my God, look what they've done. And then they started doing that in all the parts. Oh my God, they're tearing it apart. Fun is gone. Had to go deeper into those cliffs, you know, (laughs) I'll still drive through there once in a while today. And I don't get out of my car that won't walk, walk through the bushes. You know, I, I just kind of like leave that alone. I that well, But it's still, I drive by the bathrooms and I still, I'm, that feeling comes back. Of, oh, wouldn't it be fun to be in there in that bathroom and just have just the chance of somebody will come in and unzip their pants. You know, just, and it was like your favorite food or drink and just like, oh. That would just feel so, like, it so, <clears throat> my favorite line used to be, I'd pull up to him and I'd say, hey, are you, uh, are you a gay boy who likes what he does or a straight boy trying to pay the rent? <laughs> and that was my favorite line to people, you know, and once in a while somebody get in and give me a blowjob and I'd say, you know, if you can't do any better than that, get the hell out of my car, you know, and, <laughs> but, 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 and I said, get out. You should have, you should have, you know. <laughs> Or they'd show it to me and they'd say, well, you know, you, but you told me you were going to pay. I said, yeah, but I'm not impressed. So get out. <laughs> and you should have negotiated a better deal before you got in the car. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was just ruthless in it. <laughs> but anyway, so, but I mean, I did, I did all the things I'm sure you have probably heard from uh, three ways to um, just filthy pig sex to vanilla sex to sometimes just holding. Sometimes it was just, it was just, uh, sometimes with all our clothes on, just, just holding somebody. I don't know, there would be a softer, gentler look in both of our eyes, in in our body language, like we were both hungry for it, okay? And we would just be very gentle and touch, and touch our face, just go real slow, the eyes, the mouth, the ears, and behind the, the ears and the neck, and then, you know, if you wanted to go further from there, then you, maybe you might do the chest, the armpits or the arms. I really loved, was really into arms and forearms. And I should just, I would kiss them, place my face in their armpit and just close my eyes and cuddle in the armpit. Just, just, you know, with their clothes on, you know, nothing, nobody take anything off. Because I'd had so much sex, I've probably been to bed with over 15,000 people in my life. 15,000, not 1,500, 15,000. Maybe even more, okay? Maybe even more. So when you have that much, I used to be able to look at a man and tell you, I could tell you everything about his cock just by looking at him. But the intimacy, because I've done, I had done so much of that, I just, sometimes I just wanted to be held because it was, I always had this longing feeling that something would fix me there, you know? I, I went there for a fix, like an alcoholic takes a drink or a drug addict picks up a drug. Sex was that to me in the park. Depending on the mood, if I, if I wanted a certain type of action that night, I would have to, my body language would have to be that. And if I didn't want you to come near me I had a real good way of making sure that you understood that I didn't want. And I had to learn that language there because it existed. It's a culture that existed. Speaking was against the rules. Don't speak because if the chiffon comes out of your mouth, it'll spoil the moment. (laughs) Or if my chiffon comes out, I don't want to spoil the moment either. (laughs) If you do speak, it's... Sex, dirty sex talk. The interesting thing was there was never any talking during the intimacy touching feeling. There was never any like, oh, oh," expression. It was just quiet. It was all eye contact. And, you know, if you want to feel true intimacy, you can do that without it being about sex. You can try playing deaf with your partner and just communicate through touch and feel and your eyes and you both agree to say nothing and watch how you can stimulate each other. You might be surprised. I know it drove a lot of men that I knew crazy. Well, I knew them in that moment. I didn't know their name. And, um, and you don't have to drink or do drugs to, to be able to experiment with sex like that. You can, you can learn how to be comfortable in your own skin doing it.